Okay, so I had a nightmare last night. Um, and I've always been prone to nightmares. Not lately. Um, but as a kid, I was prone to nightmares. I grew up like deeply, deeply religious. My father was a pastor. Um, I went to Catholic school. So I just was sort of programmed with a deep underlining fear fear being the operative word of the supernatural, of the esoteric, of the spiritual. Um, And it manifested itself, that fear manifested itself um, for probably two decades of my life um, in the realm of extremely vivid, extremely scary, violent, demonic, like night terrors plus like sleep paralysis. And Believe it or not, how I was able to overcome that um, as an adult was I forced myself in my waking reality to face a fear. And what I mean by that is like I, because of all the like night terrors that I suffered from in my waking life, I would just consciously avoid anything scary um, or what I deemed scary. Um, And... uh, like, I could be out in a public place. I remember this. I was out on a date with this guy, and I looked up, and there was, like, a preview for, like, a scary movie coming up. It was, like, something about ghosts or demons or something like that. I don't even remember what it was, but I I still remember, like, looking up, seeing it, and then, like, looking away and, like, covering my ears. And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I just don't, you know, I don't want that in my psyche. So I was like, that protective of my mind because and I'm sure he probably thought I was a weirdo I don't fucking care but I was that protective of my psyche because I knew how my mind worked it would incorporate whatever visuals um that I saw in the in the commercial and preview for that scary show or whatever movie and it would incorporate it into my nightmares and then that would just be another like fuel to like the night terrors that I suffered from so I would go out of my way to avoid any sort of you know visually like visual stimulus that will provoke a nightmare um I still do that to a certain extent but not with nightmares or not with like quote scary things anymore I I protect my psyche from like violent videos because I like I've said I don't want to be desensitized towards like human suffering but I no longer avoid like quote scary shows I mean I'm not going to go out of my way to like seek them out you know but I don't go out of my way to like avoid watching something. If I find it interesting, I'll just, you know, watch it and then I'll deal with it. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So the way I was able to face my fears in the waking life, as I alluded to, is by watching, believe it or not, The Walking Dead. Um, this was when I had my salon. And so when I would have clients come in, we, it was, uh, you know, there was like a TV and then the client would get to choose what they wanted to watch. And so I had this one client that was like a diehard fan of The Walking Dead. And I was like, nah, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to watch that. You know, like, you're going to leave, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to have to like be at home with these memories of sitting here and, you know, watching, you know, three hour, four hour, you know, uh, binge of like zombies and things like that. Like, I don't want that in my psyche. And she's like, no, no, it's not even that. It's not that bad. It's not scary at all. Like, just watch it. You'll be fine. 
And I was like, mm, no. And she like just kept insisting. It's actually a really good show. It's not even really about the demons. This was before they jumped the shark. This was like the third season or whatever. And she was like, it's not even about the demon or the, the zombies. You know, it's about like psychology and there's like a sociology aspect. Like, and it makes you sort of imagine like, what would you do if you were kind of placed in similar situations, you know? So I was like, all right, fine. I'll bite. You know, she's one of my favorite clients and. I was like, all right, whatever, like, let's watch it. And I I remember, like, as I'm watching this, I'm, like, terrified, okay? Like, I'm, like, trying to not look at it. I'm trying to do my work, but I'm, like, watching it. But, like, before I realized it, I realized, like, it, the whole show doesn't isn't comprised of scary moments, right? The whole show is mostly, like she said, the psychological aspects of it. And then like every once in a while, like there's like a jump scene or something like kind of terrifying, kind of blended in. But that's not what the show really is about. It was more about the interpersonal relationships and and how, you know, a human, uh, the basic human desire to um, survive. And after her appointment, I, I found myself going like, I'm actually really interested in finding out now what happens to the characters because she didn't start, obviously, the episode in season one, episode one, like she wanted to catch up on the show. And so and she had been binge watching it at home. So she started me off at like, I think, season two or season three, but in the middle of it. So I was just like, OK, what's happening? You know, so after she left, I went home and I was like, OK, I. I gotta. I want to watch this show, right? So my curiosity as to what happened to the, uh, like to Rick and all the, you know, all the other characters, um, kind of overpowered my fear. Um, like I thought Michonne was a total badass, and I was like, all right, I want to see. <laughs> I want to see what happens. Um, so my curiosity overpowered my fear, and so I was like, all right, I'm gonna face my fear. I'm gonna watch the show. But I'm going to do it in the daytime, right? So that, you know, I can at least become sort of psychologically acclimated to what was what was happening. So that when nighttime came along, like, I could turn it off and, like, maybe watch something funny afterwards. Long story short, um, nighttime came along and, <laughs> like, after, like, copious amounts of, you know, time dedicated to watching the show, I started to find that I wasn't afraid of the zombies anymore like the zombies almost seem like to like be interrupting the ongoing um story and then after a while I realized that it that element of fear was like a seasoning to the show and so I almost started appreciating watching the characters fight the zombies and what I loved the most about the walking dead before they jumped the shark was that they they it wasn't just like these characters being terrorized by these sort of unknown things, right? They were fighting back a lot of the times. And it what the show was more, to me, a triumph of a human d- desire, man's ability. And I mean man in a general sense, like, like humanity, right? Ability to overcome nature, right? Um, to to survive despite circumstances that they are presented with. And that's kind of how we are just as a species, right? Like think about how we have adapted through time. I don't like using the word evolution. I've discussed that in previous episodes because in my opinion, 
um, if all of time already exists and always has been, and determinism is obviously the status quo, even though we believe that it's free will, and like life is kind of playing out, you know, in real time, um, you do enough research, you find out that life is a loop, all of this has already happened, and will keep happening forever and ever and all, you know, ad infinitum. So in my opinion, I don't believe in evolution in the sense because it's a technicality. If all of this has already been planned out, that it's more a term of like, you know, a child doesn't evolve into an adult. It's already kind of pre-programmed in your DNA, like what you're going to look like, right? So it's just growth, if anything else. And it's a pre-programmed growth. So that's how I look at reality. But backtracking, it to me, watching a show like that, it showed like the human spirit and the desire and the drive and the ability to overcome all adversity. Like that's what makes humanity and the human species great, right? And more importantly, watching these characters, they weren't being, you know, victimized. Like even in their fear, they still found a way to thrive and to survive, right? And something about that permeated into my psyche and permeated into my mind to the point where it started affecting my dreams. So normally in a nightmare, you are being, for the most part, terrorized, chased, attacked, confronted, um, hurt, whatever, by some unknown entity or some overpowering force or something that causes you great fear. And for the most part, you are a victim of your fear. You're a victim to these entities, right? And so part of what makes nightmares so paralyzing is because a lot of the times you're trying to get away, you're trying to run away and either you're stuck or you can't get away or, you know, these things kind of over overcome you, overpower you. And that's frightening because you're like, not in control, right, of the situation. And that was the biggest thing for me. What my recurrent nightmares would be about would be me getting killed by, like, I, I've died a lot, believe it or not. Like, you know, they say you're not supposed to die in your dream because you die in your dream, you die in real life. And then maybe I have died in real life and I've just shifted to, you know, parallel multiverses where I survived. And, you know, I've talked about this in previous episodes. So um, I always say this every episode, go check out my past episodes. Um, cause there's great content in there. Anyway, um, it's a, an ad inside of the podcast for my own podcast. That's podcast section or adception. Yeah. Adception. Anyway. Um, but what happened was from after I started watching this, you know, watching the walking dad in, in my mind, my brain sort of picked up the pattern of, okay, here are human beings being chased by what I would identify as something demonic, something evil. I mean, obviously the zombies have a biological sort of um, component to them. However, you know, in my mind, like that's a demon, right? That's something monstrous, right? That's something evil. And so what I saw though was, was human beings, were human beings fighting back, attacking these zombies. And a lot of the times becoming victorious over them, like outsmarting them, killing them, thwarting them. Um, destroying them, and after a certain point, even manipulating them towards their own sort of means. That entered into my psyche, and before I realized it, my nightmares became less frightening. And what started happening was, by watching characters 
fight back against things that caused them to be afraid. I, I guess, accidentally or inadvertently primed my brain, trained my brain to fight back against the nightmarish entities that were sort of terrorizing me in my dream world. And that, believe it or not, was how, <laughs> how The Walking Dead helped me beat my nightmares, stop me from having nightmares, so much so that even now, this, is, this has been years, it's probably been 10 years or so, um, maybe not 10 years, let's say seven years um, since I stopped having, like I still have nightmares in the sense of the visual content is alarming, but they no longer cause me the terrifying, you know, fearful response, both in the dream and when I wake up. Right. I mean, I used to wake up like terrified, like like I said, a religious background. Right. So I would wake up and I would call my parents and then they would have to pray over me. And then I would have my Bible and they would tell me to read these verses and you got to say the name of, you know, quote, our Lord or whatever. And that's supposed to, you know, help. I found previously before I started watching episodes and shows of like people actually that helicopter sounds hella close what the fuck okay anyway so i started watching um before i started watching like shows like the walking dead you know i would find that i have to say okay you got i gotta say jesus's name to keep these demons from attacking me why would they even respond to this dude's name if that's like their enemy right like there is um an episode i did called jesus is a demon i would suggest if you haven't listened to that go listen to that because i actually delve into that topic a bit more and how that was weird to me and how I was able to overcome a lot of fear, you know, with logic, pretty much. Um, anyway, but that that would have been, those were, or that was my reaction to my nightmare it would be like terror, fear, you know, consternation and worry as to what these dreams meant. Even in my waking life, I mean, I've woken up screaming, I've woken up like just in pain, all of that. Um, it was really bad, but after more or less priming my mind with these vis- visuals, and I know I've talked about not binge watching shows and spending time, you know, you, spending the time that you would spend watching a show, like creative, creatively, and I still mean that, but let's pay attention to what I'm talking about here. And the fact that, the, you know, that show did help me, you know, at the time, um, this was like seven years ago before social media, seven to 10 years ago, before social media became so time consuming. So bear that in mind. Anyway, um, yeah, I was able to prime my mind. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't do it on purpose. I just realized this was what this, this was the benefit of that. And I, I taught myself, I taught my unconscious or my subconscious, I showed my subconscious that in situations where there is terror and there is fear of the unknown, or you feel like you're being chased, you can fight back. And that's what a visual show like The Walking Dead taught me to fight back. All right. You don't have to run. You don't have to hide. I was constantly running from the things that scared me. And I have I have learned, especially even when I'm unconscious, like when I'm dreaming, I still know to fight back. So I said all of that to say this now. Um, like I said, I still have nightmares, but they don't cause the sort of, you know, visceral emotional reaction upon waking. And even in my dreams, I fight back. Um, that said, like recently, every night, my after we, you know, 
been creative for the day and produce, you know, I paint every day or, you know, do the podcast a couple times a week. So after I do something productive, I spent my day being mostly creative at night, we relax, my husband and I, we relax by watching, like, we find a show and then we kind of watch a few episodes before bed. And um, we've taken to watching the TV show Grimm, G-R-I-M-M. And um, it's more or less about uh, descendants of the brothers Grimm and the fairy tale monsters actually being real and living for some reason. Um, a lot of them live in Portland, Oregon. Um, excuse me. And on the show, there's a lot of different like monsters, and particularly the episode that we're on right now is uh, heavily focused on Hexen beasts, which are basically witches that when they morph from human and they take on like their true form, they're like like horrible, right? Like they look really monstrous. Um, and you can Google Grim and Hexen beast, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And um, because the last few episodes that we watched over the last like you know few days have been heavy on hexing beasts, um, my mind had sort of like taken, I guess taken that on, and accepted it into my psyche without me realizing it. Um, but whenever I watch the show, I, I don't know really what's happening to me, but I've found that. When things are supposed to be scary on the show, and I don't know if it's because the graphics on the show are so bad, like the show is great, well written, the you know the visuals are beautiful, and the storyline is you know you kind of always want to know okay what's what what's you know what's going to happen next, right? You you kind of want it's like a who done it every episode, and so you it does um, so far anyway. I should say um, we're just starting season three. Um, but it, it's a really well-written show. That said, like when the characters morph from human to uh, Vessen, they the 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 CGI is so horrible that it's like almost laughable. And for some reason, because I started off laughing at the CGI of the Vessen, it somehow evolved or devolved, however you want to look at it, to me just laughing at like just anything that should be fucked up on the show. Um, like, I just laugh. Like, I just find a lot of the stuff, like, funny that probably shouldn't be funny. And and every time I laugh, like, my husband looks at me like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I just find that shit funny. I can't think of, like, an example right now. I think off the top of my head, there's this one scene where... Let me see if I can say it well, properly. There's this one scene where um, this one witch is, like, trying to kill this other witch by becoming like her doppelganger and um instead she like basically walks into a trap and then she gets killed and I just found that funny because it's like you're trying to be a dick and now you're dead kind of thing and so I just laughed at that and and she dies in like the most horrible way but my brain still found the humor in that I don't know what's going on with me but I thought it was funny Anyway, I'm saying all of that to say, like, that's been my reaction since we've been watching the show. It's been over, like, two weeks of even watching it. And so just, like, I guess I just keep laughing at, like, the bad things that happen to, like, the bad characters or whatever. That's where I get the comedy from it. Um, today, I had a dream that, and I, I tend to also have nightmares when it's hot, right, for some reason, like, I feel I get overheated and I think my brain 
gives me nightmares in order to wake me up so that I can like become like not overheat kind of thing. Um, and so always, 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 I found that whenever I am having a nightmare, when I wake up, it's hot. Like the AC for some reason has like turned off by itself or whatever. It's supposed to be a smart thermostat, but that's a stupid thing. It doesn't work. Um, or it's just doing its own thing. Um, or I have too many blankets on or whatever it is. So I had a nightmare today and it was a hexen beast on top of me. So I had that same like uh, monkey on my chest or demon on your chest kind of feeling that comes with sleep paralysis. So you, I felt the pressure and I like couldn't really move. And it manifested itself as the visual and the nightmare of a hexen beast like really close to my face kind of snarling and then like she like licked my face like just (laughs) see I'm laughing now she like licked my face and I was like oh what the fuck and it was very like it was supposed to be very frightening it was supposed to be scary right and I woke up from it laughing and I remember telling my cousin about that. Like, I was like, yeah, like I, I tell him and his girlfriend um, whenever I have like weird dreams. So I told him today and he was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why is that funny to you? And the reason why I laughed was because as I'm re as I'm laying on my back, right. And the sleep paralysis is like fading off. But the visual of the Hexen Beast, which is still in the forefront of my my psyche, and I'm kind of partially seeing it. I'm also thinking about the fact that, like, honestly, the way 2020 has been set up right now, like, that shit's not, like, that shit's not fucking scary to me. Like, a demon in my dream, a demon witch Hexen Beast thing isn't scarier to me than Donald Trump winning the election. <laughs> the possibility of Donald Trump winning the election in November. That to me is fucking terrifying. Mike Pence as VP or for for because I think Trump's brother um died yesterday and it made me think about Trump's mortality even more so and the idea of having a person like Mike Pence, like the idea of Trump being reelected, the possibility of Trump being re- Trump, Trunk, whatever his name is, being reelected in November is terrifying to me. The idea of something happening to Trump and then Pence being president for four years and what that does to our civil liberties and women's rights that's scarier to me than a fucking demon witch licking my fucking face. And I think that's what I thought was so funny. And that brought on this like revelation that like, I was like, whoa, that's, that's, that's deep. Right. Because like, okay. In this reality, Trump is president. Right. And that fact kind of entered my mind as I'm like, like I said, as I'm thinking about the dream and that's way scarier. Like, What's happening in our society to me is way scarier, right? It's not even just that. It's like not even the idea of Trump being president or Pence, or Pence being president, but like watching like fascism getting ramped up like that, that whole like uh, frog in a pot kind of uh, analogy where if you slowly turn up the heat, the frog won't realize it's being boiled alive until it's too late. And just the idea of just like living in this country I love America, so this is not an America bashing um, podcast at all. And if you 
are regularly saying, you know, I love this country. It's the people that hold the power that keep thinking that somehow they have the right to decide how we should be living and that they want to exercise just another human being, just like us. You have no idea how the fuck you got here either. And a lot of the times these aren't very deep people. They're not spending the time, you know, reading books or meditating or trying to figure out, you know, what why we're here, you know, and learn and evolve um, spiritually. These are just shitty human beings. Excuse me, I'm trying to not be critical. So let me backtrack back. They're not shitty human beings, but these are power hungry personalities that are exercising. It's only a minority of them, right? Honestly, it's a small, very small percentage of them, but they're exercising so much power and so much um control over our lives and it's becoming more and more and more invasive and it's becoming more and more kind of like prescient about like the fact that like we are being controlled we are being you know programmed and a lot of people aren't even like aware of it that to me is quote more scary the fact that I used to be afraid of fictional entities like things that were in the Bible, like demons and all of that. The fact that like that used to scare me, I think is laughable, right? And I'm not saying you should be afraid of of this world. It's like me watching a show that's supposed to be scary. Like, I don't think the writers of Grimm, for the most part, expect when people watch the show to be laughing at a lot of the stuff that's happening. But for me, I watch it and I still find the humor in everything, and increasingly more so. And I'm, I guess I'm applying that same mindset to life. Like there are some very scary aspects of our reality, which I stated. But to take it seriously is to make them make these scary aspects like have a lasting impression on you beyond what it should be. It's like me taking a mirage, which is a dream. A dream is a mirage. Me waking up and still allowing, especially when I'm aware, like, okay, like it was just a fucking dream, right? Still allowing a visual to haunt me after I'm conscious of the fact that it was just something, you know, it, 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 it particularly not even tangible in this waking reality, to me is the same as like trying like taking this world seriously and i what and i say that with a very the deeply spiritual deeply esoteric uh slant to that because you know buddhists hindus they all say the same thing like it's all illusion right so i i'm talking about a dream and i'm talking about a television and i'm also talking about reality but they all in a way fall into the same category. It's all illusion. Your dream is as much as an illusion, especially after you wake up. It's as much as an illusion as a television show, which is as much as an illusion as reality, what we call reality. It's all it's all it's all a simulation. Every aspect of it is just it's just different levels and different types of simulations. So if I allow myself to react in fear right, to a dream, I'm, in my mind, convince myself that that, I make that dream real, right, by attaching, having an emotional reactions to a, to an illusion makes that illusion 
that much more real. And what gives that illusion its power? It's me, right? It's my belief in it. It's the energy of my consciousness, right? I am consciousness. And so think of consciousness as a type of power, as a type of energy. If I apply my consciousness to an illusion and make that illusion, allow it to like affect me, then I make that illusion real, right? It's like a television show. I've alluded to this in like earlier episodes from like the beginning of this year, right around like February or so. I talked about how when we watch television, when we watch movies, right, or TV shows, we talk about the characters on these shows as though they have like motivations of their own. And I still catch myself doing this. Like I know in the back of my mind, like these are actors, their storyline is pre-written, right? Their storylines rather are pre-written by writers. I have no influence of what is happening on the black mirror that I call my television, right? It's already been pre-recorded. A lot of the times when you're watching shows, like these are shows that are years, you know, old. And even if for some reason the show happened to be being filmed live, you are on your couch watching it. Like you have no influence over what happens. You're not in control. You're not supposed to be in control. You're not in control, but you're not supposed to be in control. You are a spectator. Enjoy the show. But we still catch ourselves when we watch TV shows, like yelling at the characters. What the fuck are you doing? Why would you do that? And I always do this. Like I'm the party pooper when I'm watching a show with my husband because he's like yelling. Like, why the fuck would you do that? And and I do that too. But then I become more conscious and I go like, because he was written that way. Because she was written that way. And that kind of brings consciousness back to the fact that, okay, this is just an illusion. But it also makes it a type of play, right? It kind of, it also makes it a kind of Leela. That's what the Hindus talk about, Leela. It's like un- understanding that it's still play. So even though in the back of your mind, you know it's an illusion, right? And same with life, same with TV, same with dreams. On some level, you know that it's just an illusion, but you still allow yourself to become emotionally reactive to what you are perceiving towards your perceptions, right? It is your consciousness and your reaction that makes these illusions seem real to you. If I watch a show and the monsters on there, like I have an emotional reaction to the Hexen Beasts, then I make those Hexen Beasts, those witches, those demons, real to me. My emotional reaction to an illusion makes that illusion real to me. My emotional reaction to an illusion makes that illusion real to me. You see, you've seen this with magic tricks. You've seen this with, like I said, dreams with television shows, right? If I'm in a dream and I have an emotional reaction, fear, to a monster chasing me, that emotional reaction makes it, especially if it's a negative emotional reaction, makes that monster now real to me. The to me is the most important thing, 
right? Because to another person observing the same thing, they could look at it and go like, it's not, it's just an illusion. It's just a dream. It's like watching somebody watch a scary movie and you're sitting next to a person who happens to enjoy horror horror films just for the sake of like maybe that's just how their mind is primed but maybe it's some person who's just watched so many horror films that they're desensitized to a lot of the visuals and so they understand what's going on behind the scenes or maybe they work in film so they understand what's going on behind the scenes so when they watch you having an emotional reaction it's interesting but to them it doesn't have it doesn't have an uh, emotional effect on them because they're more operating from a conscious perspective um, perspective and a mindset and when they say okay blood on the on the tv show like it's not really blood it's like red paint right so you are having an emotional reaction to like something quote-unquote horrific on tv whereas i say i work in film and i know what's happening behind the scenes so i know that it's all illusion i know that it's the music that makes you that amps up your emotion i know it's like when they zoom in right and then like i know what's going on behind the scenes so I'm aware of Maya, of the illusion, but I'm enjoying your play, your Leela. Like I'm enjoying your reaction to it as Leela, right? The, diff- the, the problem is that most of us are lost in the illusion. So most of us are the person, the people watching TV and <clears throat> reacting to the characters as though the characters are real. And we've seen this even to the extreme because I have read like articles of actors like who complain that people will meet them on the street. Okay, this is a certain type of madness, but this is the argu- there there's an argument here that we're all mad. Right, because we're all doing this. We're just one level removed from it, right? You can't tell me that a dream is real, or I'm sorry, a dream isn't real, television isn't real, but somehow the reality that we're living in is real, especially when all the evidence points to the fact that this is just another form of illusion. It's all illusion, right? How can you close your eyes and see things in your dream, very vivid things, when your eyes are fucking closed? Right? You can't draw the line and say, okay, well, this is just a dream. That's not real. Okay, this is just television. That's not real. But then reality, that's real. No. Like, you, it's all, you have to extrapolate from, you know, the micro to the macro. It's all illusion. And I think the purpose of dreams, one of the purposes of dreams is to remind us, the subscribers, each one of us, as we get caught up in the illusion, it's to remind us that we are, it's just, when you wake up, it's just another, another level of dreams. But we've heard stories of actors who complain that people will walk up to them, right? So you're just an actor and people will walk up to them and like, say like, like, what the fuck did you do that for? And it's, people are, Forgetting that I'm just an actor playing a role, like a villain. So I, I'm thinking Game of Thrones, the actor that played Joffrey. I don't even know his real name, but he was complaining about that. And after a while, like he actually just quit acting. He was like, people were coming up to me and calling me Joffrey. Like, that's not my fucking name, <laughs> right? People were calling me Joffrey and then telling me that they hated me and said that I was evil 
based on something that I was doing on a TV show. So for a lot of people, that line is severely blurred. I don't even know if the blurred is the right word. That line for a lot of people is just outright non-existent. And as a result, they can't differentiate between the fact that what they see isn't real. Especially, they, they can't even differentiate the fact that what they see on TV isn't real. Like for some reason, they think that these people, that the roles that they're playing is who they really are, you know? And there's a huge disconnect there. And you could look to them and say, okay, well, maybe they're just crazy on some level. But I'm making the same argument that if we take this reality and the things that happen in this waking reality as real, are we that much different? Especially when we apply emotional reactions to people's behavior, right? Or to things that are happening in this reality, in this Maya. Are we that much different than a person who thinks that, you know, a guy who's an actor playing Joffrey is actually Joffrey and can't make the distinction, right? A lot of us can enjoy Game of Thrones despite the emotions. We can pause and take a step back and realize it gets just illusion. And that's what, on a certain level, Excluding season five, six, seven, <laughs> on a certain level, that's what made the show enjoyable. And I basically, in so many words, I'm trying to reiterate that since the beginning of time, throughout all of history, all of the great thinkers, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Seneca, all of the great thinkers, Einstein, um, Schopen, Schopenhauer, um, Schrodinger, uh, all of them, right? They're all basically saying the same thing. Nietzsche, that this shit is not real. This shit is not real. Life is not real. It's it's a, or I should say, it's only as real as like your television show is real. Does that make sense? It's only as real as like your dream is real. So there is some element to a dream that is real, right? Just like there is some element to a magic trick that is, quote, real, right? So there's a duality there, right? Life is a duality where it's real, but also not real in the same way as like a TV show is real, but also not real, right? And a dream is real, but also not real. It kind of, you almost want to think about like um, Morpheus when he says, what is real, Right, and you want to focus on how do we define real? Right, is it something that's tangible? Well, if that's the case, nothing really is tangible. Physicists will tell you everything is empty space, the majority of things is empty space, and everything should actually be um, transparent or in the sense of permeable. Like, you should be able to put your hands through everything. But the reason why you don't isn't because it's solid. The Even the concept of solidity is an illusion. So it's not that everything is solid. Everything actually is a repulsion. And that's what happens when you touch things. It's just other things. It's just other things pushing back. It's just light pushing back. So much so that now they they have developed, I think in Japan, they have developed holograms, which are basically light right? But they have developed holograms that 
uh, exert a certain level of force so that when you touch the hologram, it pushes back and so it feels real. And that's that duality again, real, unreal, duality, real, unreal, duality. It's real, but it's not, right? This world is real, but it's not. You know, our dreams are real, especially while we're in it. But when you wake up, you realize it's not. You know, you're watching a television show or a movie. It's real, especially when you're watching it. But once the show is over or some, for me, when I'm watching the show, I have to remind myself it's just a show, right? And that's what lucid dreaming is. It's, lucid dreaming is the same thing as what I'm doing when I'm watching a show, which is that slight breakthrough that reminds you, okay, what you're watching is not real, right? So in your dream, the, when you lucid dream, you, you know on some level, okay, what I'm watching in this dream is not real. When you watch a movie, I guess you could say you could watch a TV show or a movie uh, lucidly. And that's what the understanding that, okay, what I'm watching isn't real. And that I would argue also is how I was able to face a lot of my fears because when I was watching The Walking Dead, what helped me get through those scary scenes is that I had to logically break myself, break it down, not myself down, break down what I was visually seeing and visually experiencing and say, okay, Joe, those are actors, that is makeup, that is blood, that's that is not blood, that's like fake blood, that's stage blood, it's like high fructose corn syrup and um, red dye, red paint. So I did that logically and on some scenes I would just mute, right, because I knew that it was, the music was amping up my emotional responses to that, like causing the hair on my, on my, uh, skin to kind of rise up by giving me goosebumps. So I had to logically watch the show and break things down and remind myself by doing that, that this isn't real. And so by doing that, I was able to sort of damping the physiological reactions that I was having to the show, the emotional reactions that I was having to the show that was then causing the show to feel real to my brain. And as a result, I was able to then face my fear and understand and, and enjoy the show with the basic understanding that the show was that the show isn't real. Right? The only reason why a scary movie would scare you if you forget on some of or there's a part of you rather that accepts what you're seeing as real. It's not a logical part though. Because a logical your logical part of your mind knows that if it's on a TV show, you know, it's not real. But there's a, the part of you that's responsible for the fear response is not logical and it's also unconscious. So you have to tie the logical side of yourself to that unconscious side of yourself and make that unconscious side of yourself conscious with logic, break everything down and say it's not real. And then when you do that, you can now enjoy the show because you understand that it's not real and it can't really hurt you. And it, same thing with a dream. It's the same premise. I, I was able to laugh in my dream today because on some level I, I'm aware now. I've made myself aware of the fact that something in a dream can't hurt me. And I know that because I have had to go through all the experiences of dying probably hundreds of, hundreds of times and I'm still here wherever here is. So then if a dream can't hurt me 
because obviously I've died <laughs> in the dream and I'm still, I'm still here, then what is there to be afraid of, right? If a movie can't hurt me, then what is there to be afraid of? Now, of course, the argument is, well, you can get hurt in this reality. While you're in this reality, yeah, the same way as you can get hurt in a dream while you're in the dream, yeah. But there's also an argument that eventually when you die from here, you're just waking up to a new reality. So once again, if you can bear that in mind, even though you don't seem to have any evidence of that on a macro level, but if you look at, if you look at life as like a pyramid and you think of a, a pyramid of reality and you think of base level reality as, or at the base level, think of it as like illusions. Um, so think of it as dreams. Dreams is the one level, right? The next hierarchy um, is like television. That's another layer of illusion. And then the next one after that is what we call reality, right? But then there's something after this one. It's another dimension after this one, right? That's above us. And people in that reality look down to this reality as below them. Like I made this joke to myself. I was going to make it into a meme and then I didn't yet, or I haven't yet, that I said somewhere out there, um, Aliens are making GIFs. Is it GIFs or GIFs? I'm going to say GIFs. Somewhere out there, aliens are making GIFs of our lives, right? Like, have you ever said something funny? Okay, I said something funny the other day, and um, and I, I like, I save GIFs because I started making little GIF movies on my Instagram page for some reason. I don't know, just something to unwind with because I like creating, you know? So when I'm not painting, I like creating little, like, movies, but I take movie I, I take movie stills and gifs and I string them together um to make little like 40 second like silent films or whatever from like different gifs from different movies to tell like one story and so I've been like really absorbed in that and like I said something funny and then I had like a flash of like a scene from my life being made into like a meme you know or like a gif a gif meme with like a caption of something I just said under it and then it's like circulating and like alien like mood boards and I'm like well all of us are in some way but let's just say me because I'm talking about me right now I'm like quote famous in like an alien world the way like uh Jon Snow like is like famous in our world kind of thing right so there's there's levels there's layers to it you have to start getting yourself I know this is wild but you have to start getting yourself in that mindset where you do start viewing reality quote as a certain on a certain level as unreal because everything is dual so this feels real but it's really not right and so just like your dream feels real but it's really not right it only feels real while you're in the dream right so watching tv only feels real while you're watching the show you're watching a movie and when you get out of it you remember okay that's just a tv show but you can do that while you're dreaming realize that it's just a dream the same way you can do that while you're watching a TV show, right? And that's called being um, lucid, right? Does that make sense? If it doesn't make sense, um, you know, replay this episode, increase the speed until it does. I, I, I'm, I intend on listening to this episode too, because I do, I said this to a friend uh, a couple of days ago. I said, you know, it's one thing to have something, to know something in your mind. It's another thing to know it in your heart. And it takes some time to take something that you know in your mind and then to finally have it settle in your heart. Like, I know in my mind, I knew in my mind that we're living in simulation, but it took 
that March 20th death date for it to sink in my chest, to sink in my heart for me to accept it as, okay, this is a simulation. And even with that, I still get caught up in the story. I still get caught in the storyline, right? Like I, I still catch myself having emotional reactions and getting angry and feeling fear, um, you know, based on what's happening in my life. And then I have to pause and remind myself, like, while you're in the dream, it feels real. While you're in reality, while you're awake in this in this reality, it feels real. But it also feels real when you're dreaming. And things also feel real when you're watching a show. So that's settling into my into my heart, I don't, for lack of better phrasing, so that I can, you know, accept it as an understanding and thus, like, kind of move past it and be able to face the waking world and things that kind of scare me in the waking world the way I face, you know, monsters in my nightmares. Um, and then I'll leave you with this. So another thing that kind of was like funny to me was the fact that I thought it was funny that like my dream was trying to scare me. And the reason why I thought it was funny is because like, why would I be afraid of a dream? Right? Like, why would I even have been afraid of that witch demon thing, like, licking my face? Like, that's not a problem, right? That's not a problem. Like, okay, first of all, why are you licking my face? That's weird. <laughs> like, if you start, like, applying that kind of, like, kind of laissez-faire kind of lightheartedness to everything, you know, stop taking things so seriously, you stop becoming, like, you know... In, so involved in everything and you start becoming more of a conscious observer and then when you're a conscious observer things become even like more enjoyable like you start enjoying your life right you start enjoying the visuals right like I can enjoy a show now like Grimm even though I even though like you would think like logically understanding what's going on okay that's just terrible CGI but but because of the fact that it's just terrible at CGI like I'm still like I like the show because it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, I'm sure on some level they know, like, uh, yeah, the graphics suck. But it didn't hinder them from telling a good story, you know? And to me, I started to enjoy the story even more. Like, they would, like, put a caption, for example, at the end of an episode. And it would say, like, to be continued, right? And then they would go, like, dot, 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 sorry. And then another one they wrote, like, to be continued. And then they wrote, dot, 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 come on, you knew that this was going to happen. Like, I, I thought, like, that's so cute. And then something that's supposed to be, at least on a surface level, most people would be afraid of what, you know, what the show is about. Um, once you start kind of looking at these things, it becomes more enjoyable. You start looking at the characters and you start under appreciating their nuances like um Juliet for example on Grimm she has beautiful red hair and these large eyes and you start talking about different things like you know I love the way she was cast and then you start looking at other things in addition to the story you start appreciating the set you start appreciating the design you start appreciating the fact that she always seems to be wearing a certain shade of turquoise and her jewelry is always like this bluish green and it really like there's somebody who put a lot of creative thought into what she's wearing along with the scenes in the room so yes you're watching the story but you're also learning you're also picking up all these different things and you're also starting to really appreciate the beauty that goes into the show beyond just the storyline which then makes that experience even that much more like rich right and the same thing with you know there's another guy Monroe the guy who plays him he's considered a character actor 
And a character actor is different from a regular actor because they have more character to their physical form. And so you look at a character like Monroe, this is a very, I think he's like 6'3", very tall, very lanky. And the way he carries himself, I, I think he, in our reality, must have had like an accident but he obviously didn't let it like become a hindrance to him. Like he actually used it to propel his character. But he has a, he, I, if I had to guess, he might have either been born with some sort of defect. And I use defect only so you can understand the word, you know, or what I mean by the word rather than as something with a negative connotation. Because what we consider a defect is actually what makes him a very unique looking and very interesting to look at. Even like as an, as a, as an artist, I look at him and I think, wow, like, he's not that's not a defect to him it's what makes him unique like he stands out to me so you start watching the way he walks and the way he carries himself and the way he he runs that's fascinating so rather than being caught in caught up in all the emotions of it which i think just makes it makes the show seem just kind of one-dimensional if you're just caught up on okay i'm afraid you know the show feels one-dimensional but once you are aware of okay, you know, it's just a show and you run with that premise, you start noticing a lot more and it becomes that much more rich. And I'm saying apply that same mindset to people. Apply that same mindset to the individuals that you encounter and almost start looking at people as character actors in this reality, right? Inspired by Whatever it is outside of this reality, when we die, there's some, there's obviously another reality. And death is just another type of waking up, right? Like the way you wake up from a dream. So start looking at people, right? Uh, and I, I'm going to delve into this. I want to do like a whole episode just dedicated to this. And um, But I want to like, I should say, when I look at people now, with the understanding of everything I've described over the last like 53 minutes, when I look at people now, I start, instead of judging them, which is what we're all programmed to do, right? Oh, like, can't believe that they look like this or look at what they're wearing. Instead of being caught up in all the emotional bullshit, when you pull yourself back and one, recognize that we're living in a simulation, you start pulling yourself in and then everything becomes really fucking interesting the way everything becomes interesting like if you find yourself in like a vr game and you're wearing a vr helmet right and you're you pick up say you can interact with the objects in a vr game like everything becomes that much more interesting you're not just looking at it right you can pick it up you can feel the texture that feels interesting what is feeling that's great you know and i'm doing that more and more now in our in in this reality right like i rec i'm recognizing realizing that i don't just have to see things to remember right because that's what a lot of us base our memories on is like what do i see like for example when i'm getting ready for the day normally it's like okay i grab my deodorant i saw my deodorant i put it on or whatever but typically because i'm relying on just one sense it's a one-dimensional response right to to reality i tend to forget stuff right so i saw myself put the deodorant on but like three seconds later i'm like did i put my deodorant on but now that i'm more and more starting to look at our reality quote reality um our simulated reality what we call reality i'm starting to look at it 
the way I look at a TV, I, I'm looking at Grimm, where instead of just like watching the storyline, I'm also looking to learn from different things that I see, right? Like the color scheme in a scene, right? Or the way their hair is styled or uh, little quirks and like the way the actor moves their eyes, like, you know, what is acting really? What can I observe? Like, so the show becomes richer, right? By making these like observations, I'm not just watching it, you know, for its sheer entertainment, the show becomes richer. The same thing with like deodorant. So now instead of just looking and putting on my deodorant, I touch my deodorant, deodorant um, container and I realize touch is another dimension right? Sound is another dimension that helps make the reality feel more real, but also helps make my memories that much more tangible, that much more, you know, dimensional. So now I don't, if I pay attention when I pick up my deodorant, I'm not just looking to see if I put on my deodorant. If I get so focused on that, okay, what does it touch? What does it feel like? What does my container feel like? Okay, what does it feel like me rubbing it under my arm? I never now forget, I I no longer forget whether or not I put deodorant on. (laughs) And if you're listening to this, you're either going to get what I'm saying, or you're like, going to be like, okay, what is she talking about? Right? There's no, I don't think there's any um, middle ground there. But for those of you who do get it, think it it's basically similar to what um meditators say when they say like you got to focus on you know left foot right foot left foot right foot as you walk and making life a meditation i'm taking it like a step further and i'm breaking it down even much more logically and i'm saying like it's not even about making a meditation out of it um it's not just about making a meditation out of it it's about experiencing life with all senses the way you would experience like a vr simulation. We take a lot of our experiences for granted and there's so much stimulation, so much stimulation that can make our regular lives feel, smell, you know, sound, taste that much more real. A lot of us are just walking through life, like looking at things, you know, we, we, we don't feel things. We don't smell things, right? There is, uh, I read something somewhere how like Native Americans, because they're, they're, I think it was like Native Americans, um, when they interacted with Europeans, it seemed like their senses were that much more heightened because they were so in touch with nature that they could smell things from miles away. They could hear things, you know, that a normal, like a a European-American uh, a European at the time, I should say, couldn't hear. So they almost seem to have like, quote, superhuman um, abilities, but they aren't superhuman abilities. Those are the abilities that we are supposed to have. However, we've been so programmed to just take everything on surface level, like you're watching a show and you're just looking for the storyline. All the other things are there, but you, you you miss it, right? Because of the way you're programmed. Um they are experiencing life or they were experiencing life the way we were supposed to, the way you would experience life if you put on a VR helmet for the first time and you start touching things. And I'm saying, why don't you apply that same mindset now and just literally pretend that you're wearing a VR helmet, like wake up to life. Let this be your wake up to life today and go through your day, touching things, feeling things, right? Like Feel the texture of things. Listen to things. When you hear people's voices, 
listen to the fact that like literally it's not one voice like it's like there's a bass level there's like a little bit of an edge is like a bit of a whisper there's so much dimension to life that we miss it because we're so caught up in the emotional bullshit we're so caught up in the fear of it and the worry and all that other stuff that it makes you know, I, I could say we could be having an even richer experience life if you, one, recognize that it's all illusion and two, ap- like appreciate the time, energy and effort that has gone into the illusion. And that would make your experience that much more rich, that much more dimensional. Anyway, thanks for listening.